Today's scripture reading comes from 1 Thessalonians, verses 1 through 10. Please stand for the reading of God's word. Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. In spite of severe suffering, you welcomed the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. This should work. Is it working? Yes. All right. Good afternoon, everybody. It's good to be here. Good to see you on Thanksgiving Sunday. And um, we have actually finished our Ephesians uh, series. And so we're here now um, into the holiday season. And today is Thanksgiving Sunday. It's good to see a lot of you back uh, from college and I see some people are also visiting. And because it's Thanksgiving Sunday, I thought maybe we can just really briefly go over a theme in the beginning of First Thessalonians. And it's about Thanksgiving. If you look at what Paul is writing in most of his letters, he always starts off by saying thanks. He's thanking the people, his readers. He's thanking God. He always starts off with thanks. And I think that's an important thing to also for us to know. When we start something, we just start with thanksgiving. There's a key spiritual wisdom and a key to just fulfillment and contentment in what Paul is doing and what God is showing us through the Bible. In the Bible, it does say, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. This is what we sang just before. But where does it say that in the Bible? It actually says it many times. In Psalm 136, it says it. In Psalm 107, it says it. In Psalm 118, it says it. In 1 Chronicles 26, no, 16, 34, it says it. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Here we see that Paul is beginning with thanksgiving. He thanks the Thessalonians. So from verses 1 through 4, he thanks the Thessalonians. And verses 5 through 10, these are the grounds for why he is thankful. Uh, we just had a wonderful offering song given by Hedgen. Uh, could we just give her one more round of applause? Yeah. 
I was wondering why she was doing the offering song because we usually do it on our birthday. Then I realized it's my birthday. No, I realized that um, it's, it's been like a year since she first came to our church and has been involved. And um, I, think, I think that's right. I haven't really gotten to speak to her about it, but I just realized, wow, it's already been a year since she's been with our church, been so involved. And so I was very thankful for that. And so the question that we pose today is, what are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? It's a question that we're always faced with every Thanksgiving. But I think it's a good question. Are you thankful? I'm thankful. I'm thankful for Pastor Esther. Pastor Esther, I'm thankful for you. You always do more than what's asked of you. You go above and beyond what is required, and you are an inspiration to all of us here. I'm thankful for our deacons, the people that have been elected by our congregation, but still continue to meet and pray and care for this ministry, this church, the steadiness in, their, in this transitional phase of our ministry, and their unfailing support for me and their prayers. I'm thankful for our married couples here, the wisdom that you bring to our ministry, the care you give to our young people. Whether you know it or not, even saying a hello plants a seed in our young people, and it's a seed of encouragement. Our single and young people, I'm thankful for you because you bring such energy and hard work to this ministry You are the engine of this church, and your lives bring me great encouragement. For our college group, for the hope that you bring this church, you are a generation that God is showing me that he is still at work changing lives. You are not a lost generation, but you are found in Christ, and that brings me the greatest joy. For our babies, they don't understand what I'm about to say, but I'm thankful for you. You bring us all smiles. The fact that we can worship together shows how far we've come from a ministry of just 20-something-year-olds to now a whole range of people that love God and just worship God. So I'm thankful for you babies. I'm thankful for you newcomers who are even just visiting us. Why else will we have care packages waiting for you outside? It will be a waste of money. No, but please do take one on your way out. But we are thankful for you. You bring us a new kind of wind. You give us new perspective on how we should just do church. And God is using you, even if you're just visiting, to bless us and encourage us. I think it's quite significant that Thanksgiving comes in the beginning or just before winter. It's significant that we have Thanksgiving in the beginning of winter. Because complaining gives us this negative energy. I don't know if you've noticed already. I'm sure you have. But complaining has the power to separate even the best of friends. If couples who continue to complain don't stop complaining and work on becoming thankful, 
They can't their own lips. Fruit of their own. Complaining is like a verbal poison. It slowly kills even good. I'm sorry. I, I worked out this week and everything. Uh, if you haven't, if you didn't hear last time, but complaining is like a verbal poison that can kill even good, solid relationships. And giving thanks is like a verbal love that makes even a bad relationship grow into a strong and healthy one. Complaining about what someone did for you goes a long way in stopping them to even trying to do anything else. And yet giving thanks for someone and what they did goes a long way into even them wanting to do the next thing for you. There is a deep discontent in our culture that tries to get inside us, our families, and our church. I'm told a man went to a doctor complaining of a number of pains. And after examining him, the doctor said, I can't find anything physically or organically wrong with you. But sometimes physical problems are the result of worry or stress. Maybe you need to find a good counselor and tell him your troubles. He might be able to advise you and make you feel better. In fact, he said, last week I had a fellow who was complaining of pain similar to yours and I couldn't find anything wrong with him either. But after talking a while, he told me he was worried sick about a $5,000 debt he, was, he owed and he couldn't pay. Well, we talked about it, and I, oh, I was able to help him. The man said, the patient said, well, how did you help him? And the doctor said, oh, I told him life was too short to worry about debts and to tear up that piece of paper that he owed $5,000 with and throw it away. Stop worrying about your debt. Get on with your life. And so he did, and now he feels great. And the patient said, yes, I know. I'm the one he owes the $5,000 to. In the beginning of the Bible, we see almost a perfect picture, a perfect blessing that's been given to Adam and Eve. And when they hit hardship, what is the first thing Adam said? Was it not? complaint that carried over for the rest of his relationship with Eve he goes God says what what is this that you have done I told you not to eat of this the fruit of this tree and then Adam goes I'm sorry no he didn't say I'm sorry in fact Adam goes actually it was this woman that you gave me that made me eat this fruit So the first response out of his lips were complaining and blame. We cannot be a people that continues to complain. We must be a people that gives thanks. We must know that God is with us and he is blessing us. Even for Adam, why do you think God went to Adam and said, what is this that you have done? Isn't this so that he could give Adam a chance, 
a chance to apologize, a chance to say, oh, let me turn around because you give me all these good things, even the second chance. That is why when we give thanks, we must not just say, oh, yeah, I got to stop complaining, I got to give thanks. Because I feel like every Thanksgiving we can say that. I can just say, oh, yeah, I just got to be less grumpy and more thankful. But no, I don't think we should stop there. Let's go further. And let's go further into the expressions of thanksgiving that we can convey. And for that, I have three things. Expressions of thanksgiving are so important because it's not just, oh, yeah, I'm thankful, I'm thankful. But you're actually expressing how thankful you are. Uh, My nephew just turned one. And uh, I don't know if they'll be happy to hear this, but he's kind of a picky eater. And I think one day, a few months ago, my mom made this uh, rice porridge. And she put uh, miyoku with some beef broth. So it's like seaweed soup, beef broth, kind of mixed it in with the rice porridge and gave it to my nephew. And my mom said she was so surprised because Evan ate it all. And then after he ate it all, he would just start clapping like, yeah, that was good, right? <laughs> but sometimes, and then I see him now, I, have, I, I put it up on my, my Snapchats and things like that. When something's really good, he just like does his wide arm clap. And he's like, yeah, and then his parents are also happy. So they just do this with him, right? But if we are thankful, we have to express our thankfulness. And that is what we must do. And the first one is we must express thanksgiving with sound, with praise. We can speak of gratitude. And it could be in private or in public. And thanksgiving can also be conveyed through music. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. And God delights in a heartfelt gratitude a song of praise. It could be informal or it could be formal, but God joys, God delights in our thanksgiving. Number two, we give thanks by actually living holy lives as a response to God's goodness, his faithfulness. We honor him with our obedience. So God says this and we say we do it out of thanksgiving. And that's what empowers work, ministry, obedience. It's because we do it out of a thankful heart. Paul says it like this, therefore I urge you brethren by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God which is your spiritual service of worship by living holy lives we are expressing thanksgiving and that is called worship we worship god through thanksgiving and lastly generosity we give thanks through generosity if we are truly grateful for our time our money our gifts our resources, we will also be generous with them as well. Because it's so easy to be possessive of what's mine, right? But we forget, it's actually from God. God is the one that blessed you with that beautiful family. 
God is the one that blessed you with that house that you're living in. God is the one that blessed us with this church that we can gather to worship. And then we won't have an attitude of selfishness. When is this going to happen for me? When is this church going to do this for me? I wish my mom or my dad or my brother or my sister or my husband or wife would do this for me. We should instead give back joyfully because we have received. There were once two men working their way through Leland Stanford University. Funds funds got desperately low, and the idea came to one of them to engage a Paderewski, to engage Paderewski for a piano recital and devote the profits to their board and tuition. The great pianist manager asked them for a guarantee. You need to guarantee us $2,000 if we bring Paderewski in. So they agreed. The two students agreed, and they proceeded to stage the concert. They worked hard, and they raised only $1,600. After the concerts, after the concert, the students sought out the great artist and told him about their efforts and results. They gave him the $1,600, and they gave him also a promissory note saying, we owe you $400, explaining they would earn the amount as early as possible to pay him back. Paderewski replied, no, that won't do. And he tore the note to shreds, and he said, take this $1,600 out of all your expenses, take it out of the 1600 and each of you keep 10% of the balance of your work, just give me the rest. Years rolled by. After many years, Paderewski became the premier of Poland. The devastating war came to Poland, and Paderewski was striving with all his might to feed the poor, the starving. He loved Poland. And then there was only one man who helped him, who helped Paderewski and his people. And then all of a sudden, thousands of tons of food began to come to Poland, began to come into Poland for distribution by the Poland premier. After the starving people were fed, Paderewski journeyed all the way to Paris to thank Herbert Hoover for the relief he sent him. And then Herbert Hoover said, That's all right, Mr. Paderewski. Besides, you don't remember it, but you helped me once when I was a college student and I was in the hole. Generosity goes so much further than we expect and that we realize. Generosity is something that God placed in this world for us so that we start blessing each other in ways that are just fantastic and amazing. If you are truly thankful, praise God. If you're truly thankful, worship him. And if you're truly thankful, be generous with others. This is what God commands us to do, and he calls us to do it for our sake. God doesn't need it. God says himself, I own cattle on a thousand hills. He doesn't lack anything. So why is it that we give? Aren't you blessed today? 
Aren't you blessed right now on the seats that you're sitting on? Don't you know that was donated? Someone gave it to us. That's how we could sit in the seat. Don't you know this building, this chapel was given to us? That's how we can worship here. Don't you know this ministry was formed, not by us, but someone who had inspiration and vision, and people came together to build this ministry because of their generosity. So I say, Pilgrim Church, let's be thankful this season. Let's be thankful with praise, worship, and generosity. Let's pray. God, we want to thank you for all that you have done in our ministry and in our church. We see, God, that it was beyond what all the efforts we ourselves could have produced. And you used people and generations before us to plant seeds, not only in us, but in this place, in this area, so that we can be blessed right now. And Lord God, we give you thank you. thanks. We give you thanksgiving. We give you all the honor, praise, worship. And Lord God, I pray that you would move us to be generous now with each other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.